This is Proxilla Radio, the UK's first dedicated progressive rock music radio network. You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord. This is Tom Roche. And we're here with another episode of Tabletop Genesis, a little different than some of our normal episodes, but really what is normal anyway. Normal is whatever (laughs) we decide. It's all relative. Exactly. So our plan is to have this show drop on September 20th. And what is special about September 20th, Tom? It's the first show of the last domino question mark tour that is correct thomas it is the last the first show of the last domino tour (laughs) you know let's say there's a lot of first and last in there so we are not in attendance at that show but we figured that it would be good you know to both talk about the tour a little bit kind of what our thoughts our hopes our wishes our dreams are for this kind of what's been going on in some of the fan community that we've heard that we've heard about and just kind of give a snapshot of kind of where we are in Genesis fandom because I think when we started this podcast back in the day with with uh, Stacy and Simon and Ellie none of us really thought that we'd be talking about a Genesis tour again no definitely not it was not in our plan that this was even going to be a possibility and actually you and I Tom the last time we recorded face to face was in March of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, or really as it was hitting, to talk about the ticket sales for England that were going on sale at the time. So we actually both, this is the sad part of the episode, everybody, we both did buy tickets for England, (laughs) uh, as did Stacey and Simon, but all of us, for a variety of different reasons, have decided that it's just not practical to head over to the UK at this point for those shows. So while we did mention in the past, both online and maybe even on that show back in March of last year, that, oh, we'll try to do a meetup in London or something with different fans of the podcast and everything, unfortunately, that won't be happening. But we are going to go to some U.S. shows, which we'll talk about later on, and I'm sure we'll do something, you know, in New York or elsewhere, wherever we might be seeing things. If people want to say hi or anything like that, we will, we will certainly publicize where we will be at. Maybe not our sections and seat rows, but we'll let people know where we are. Our home addresses, social security exactly. numbers, that here's kind of thing. Here's my phone number. Here's my, you know, here's my pension fund information, bank account numbers, whatever you might need to enjoy your own Genesis show. When when we did start this, you're, you're right. We probably never thought we'd be talking about another tour, let alone doing a repeat kind of episode <laughs> that we did in March of 2020. So if you're having deja vu, our our last in-person recording was about the last domino tour yes. and it was just about the original this was pre-lockdown only probably yep. a week before pre-lockdown yeah. so uh this is take two and yep. knock on wood uh monday is going to be happening in birmingham yeah and then following throughout europe and then into this in the states starting in november into december so 
fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully we don't jinx it whenever we get together to record. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, which will be, I think we will do something in person soon, but I think that, you know, I don't know if people should even tell that we're recording this over what's called Zencast or this, uh, application that we can use for podcast, uh, pieces we are not getting any money from zencaster for mentioning them but they are a cool platform for that so uh for podcasting so definitely use that if you want so so tom what is what do you think what are you looking forward to <laughs> about this tour that is a very loaded question yes exactly <laughs> i i i have very conflicting opinions and views about this whole tour and i think i know we have different views of it and what to expect. And it, it just, it's, um, I have a lot of trepidation just because of my memories with Genesis and seeing them live, not just in person in 92 and 2007, but also going back and countless views of three sides live video and mama tour and invisible touch videos and just knowing Phil's energy on stage even in 2007, which wasn't what it had been. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to be. I did see him when he was solo and sitting in the chair, but it's going to be a lot different. I'm cautiously optimistic. And maybe because I'm going in with not high expectations, I'll be very pleasantly surprised, which is my hope. Yeah. No, I, I kind of feel the same way maybe a bit more on the optimistic side than just strictly cautiously optimistic. There's, there's been a documentary that's been, I'll, I'll say leaked at this point. It's going to be on PBS and it's about the rehearsals that came out uh, that the band did back in October of 2020 that was recorded at that point just to keep momentum going because that uh, initially the tour was going initially all this was going to be over by this time. Right. So, you it's know, been, yeah. you know, they were done a tour here. They would have toured the U S I'm sure early in the early in 2021. And, you know, we would be, we would be looking at look back to this as a fond memory already at this point, yes. you know, if, if COVID hadn't happened, but you know, so, so the b rehearsals that happened was, was at the, was, um, we're back in England in October of 2020 and Phil's voice was not the strongest. And, you know, that's not a spoiler. That's not anything that he, he says that in the documentary himself, that he hit a wall a couple of times at the rehearsals and that the, the voice is an instrument that needs to be practiced and rehearsed. And, you know, I would hope that, you know, he took the time between those rehearsals and this time to kind of get his voice into shape. And they, I'm sure they've been doing rehearsals leading up to this show, that the the tour itself on the 20th and you know phil responds to an audience he always has and you know that's something that i think it's hard phil is i think we saw this even in the come rain or shine documentary that was for the 2007 tour was that phil doesn't really seem to enjoy rehearsals that much no like he's kind of like oh it's boring we're just doing this that and the other thing and everything and you know it's it's tough to kind of manifest that energy for rehearsals but then when a crowd comes there you know it's something that nick nick collins his son did say in about the solo tours that he was on that you know oh my dad might be feeling a little bit down and things like that but when you walk into an arena of twenty thousand people that raises your mood and that raises your energy when that happens so phil is it phil is if nothing else he is a performer and a professional and 
if he didn't think he could give people their money's worth, he wouldn't be doing the shows. So, right. Again, it's not going to be what it was back in 92 or even 2007. He can't really drum at this point. So, you know, if people are expecting him to do a 20 minute drum solo, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> or even a tw- 20 second drum solo. Right. Well, unfortunately, yeah. But that's, and even if, even if he was perfectly healthy as a 70 year old guy, he wouldn't be playing the drums the way he did back in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s type of thing. So, you know, life, especially for drummers, things move along at times. So, so yeah. So I think I, I definitely appreciate your cautiously optimistic approach. I think. To me, anything after 2007 is a bonus. And that's kind of how I'm viewing this, is that this is kind of a a bonus go-round of, you know, seeing this band that I love that I never thought I would see again. You know, that's that's how I'm approaching it. I'm hoping to hear some stuff I've never heard live before. Because, again, my, my concert-going experience with Genesis is not that deep either. It started with the Invisible Touch Tour. So it's really only three tours that I've seen. Invisible Touch, We Can't Dance in 2007. So, and now this one will be added to the mix. And, you know, there were a couple songs mentioned, which I'm not going to say right now because this is a spoiler-free episode. Spoiler-free. You should have said it a little bit <laughs> earlier, but you know, maybe I'll put a warning before the theme, before the we play the theme, before just saying spoiler-free. Because we don't, because I, I don't view concerts as as like a plot driven thing, like a, like a sixth sense, like, Oh, somebody was, I'm not going to even spoil that at this point, because <laughs> maybe 25 years on somebody hasn't seen the sixth sense, but it's like, it's, I, but I know Tom, you are very sensitive to spoilers. I'm, I'm very sensitive only because I know how the surprise of something makes me feel and gives me a high. Okay. Where if I had known it was coming, I'd still be excited, but not like I wouldn't be jumping out of my socks. Like right. like in 2007, Stacy and I saw the first show in Toronto sure. of the US tour. And we were doing our best to, to avoid spoilers. And I think we did a pretty good job because yeah. we didn't know they were going to play Mama. We didn't know they're going to play Ripples. And so when those came on, I mean, we just looked at each other and were like, our heads were exploding. <laughs> and if we had known they were coming, we'd be like, all right, uh, looking at our watch, yep, uh, Ripples is coming up next. Like we still would have enjoyed it, but it was like that shock that just was something that like I'll, I'll, I remember those moments and those are moments that I want to keep having. Yeah. Uh, and as long as I can uh, have them, I'll do my best. I've already unfollowed a bunch of Facebook Genesis <laughs> groups because I don't sure. trust people <laughs> Right. <laughs> to either. I mean, some people are very respectful and they'll, they'll say there's a spoiler or go in the comments. But uh, yeah, that's, that's why I haven't watched the documentary yet. And I'll watch that after. Not that I've heard there's a lot of spoilers in it, but I know they do rehearse some songs. Yeah. And I think I saw someone post where if you pause it and zoom in on a set list, you can kind of see something. I think it was either Mike's or Nick's. I forget whose. Okay. Uh, But I'm like, all right, that's all you had to say. I don't need to watch this until after I see the show. (laughs) Right. I I totally appreciate that. It's like, for me, I know that... I don't I don't mind seeing a set list ahead of time. If I can avoid it, that's great, but if not, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Is kind of my perspective on it. And you know, because I'll still like there were even knowing the 2007 set list going in, 
it's like there i had never seen carpet crawlers done live never seen ripples done live never seen uh some never seen the cinema show instrumental and the bits of dudes travels that were in the in the old medley kind of done live so there was stuff like that that i was just like yeah like even knowing that it's coming like i get that you don't get that oh my god i didn't expect this but i'm okay for me i'm okay with not having that moment uh i just have that moment sitting at my computer reading a list and going (laughs) oh my god i didn't know they were going to do that or hearing something in the documentary again which i'm not going to go into deep detail about or whatever but it's like oh yeah this this is something that I'm okay either way with it. So, so for those of you listening, you can tweet. Don't tweet spoilers at either one of us or the tabletop account or anything like that. It's not something that we would get angry about, but it's also just just be nice. You know, some people don't want to be in the mix with with this stuff. So, but we will certainly. But I can say I I generally do Twitter. Tom generally does Facebook. So definitely don't throw anything at Tom on Facebook. And Tom, you might even take a uh, take a time out from the tabletop genesis facebook uh <laughs> page if if needed maybe so um but we'll see what goes on with that i'll just post i just won't read comments that's right that is the <laughs> like i read them anyway kidding exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly but, so so as we're on the documentary or are there any things that are not spoilers that you gleaned from the documentary that are that is interesting like how do they look the backup singers, I don't, I know oh, the backup yeah, singers sure. is not a surprise. I mean, if anyone just even saw the preview video, you know that there's two guys standing right. in the back singing. Yeah. They tend uh, to, and, add oh, just, sorry, that's, yeah. that's the one good thing. One, sorry. There's one good thing that I am looking forward to is that it is different. Like I've seen this, the five piece lineup a couple times, countless times on video. It is nice to see someone different on drums. How are they going to handle that? How is Nick going to handle the yeah. older material and older? Everything is older <laughs> at this yes, point. Exactly. And just how they, uh, how they fare with each other 15 years on from the last time they've toured. It's yeah. It's, so I'm looking forward to that. So sorry, back to the uh, documentary yeah. and I'll, non-spoiler. I'll say with, without, with saying in a non-spoiler way, you know, I think the the backup singers, it's not like Phil has five or six backup singers when he tours and everything. And it really is kind of the Greek chorus type of thing, which which for his music, I think, made sense. And for Genesis, these two guys are really just replacing Mike and Tony and, and basically Daryl as, you know, doing the choruses, backup stuff, maybe doubling a line here and there every every once in a while in certain songs that maybe it, it makes sense to have like a doubled vocal somewhere. But but it's not overdoing it anywhere and i think that if anything you know genesis is always well i'll say always but i'm sure people can throw ex- counter examples of me at, at me about this but um genesis are always tasteful it's not going to be overdone in any way so i think it'll be fine so and what and what i saw on the documentary there was nothing that made me go ooh, that's no good so and same thing with Nick, you know, I'll, I'll say with Nick as, as a drummer, when I first saw Phil doing these kind of, you know, not dead yet tour shows, which I saw a number of times, I, within minutes, I didn't, and this is a, meant as a compliment, I didn't even have to think about Nick because he was just so good yes. behind the drums that it was like, oh, he's, 
totally not even just competent, but is really good behind the drums that I didn't have to worry about anything. And watching the documentary and watching Nick play, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be the same with Genesis. He is, you know, <laughs> he's going to be, you know, I think a revelation because uh, Phil even would say that generally his solo material is not super challenging on the drums, but the Genesis stuff is more challenging on the drums. And I think there was that comment that Chester Thompson made on one of the documentaries that, you know, the Genesis stuff is more more challenging than phil's solo stuff which is you know which is true and nick the bits of things that i saw him handle he handled them really well and i think that was you know with rehearsals a year a little over a year well not quite a year ago now and with whatever rehearsals they've been doing these couple weeks running up to the show and then actually playing these shows he's gonna be fine he's got his father watching over him and even though phil can't play I'm sure Phil has comments because that's what <laughs> Phil does. He is, he is an ideas person and he listens to everything. And even that is something actually that's on the documentary again with no spoilers is that he talks at one point, there's kind of a, an ad hoc conversation between Mike, Tony and Phil, where Phil's talking about a bit of the show where he said, Oh, I had an idea last night. And he's kind of talking this through with Mike and Tony about like, I think this might be a good way to say from segueing into one song to another. So Phil's engaged and Phil's involved. And just because he can't play drums doesn't mean that he doesn't have ideas about how to arrange things or how to move from one song to another in some of these different, uh, different setups and different line, different arrangements that they'll do. It's something that it's something that I think we as fans need to like take a step back and look at because we've had the opportunity to love this band for such a long time and see them perform a certain way for years. And because we've all gotten older, the band has gotten older as well. We've gotten to see Peter play on stage alongside his daughter. We get to see Phil now play alongside his son on stage. I think this is, it's just, it just shows you just, just to look up there and say, this is the Phil we've known. Now his son is taking his seat at the drums. I mean, that that's a big deal. I think, I think that's huge deal. It's funny. I, I never, until you mentioned it, thought about the comparison with, with Peter and his daughter and Phil and his son kind of doing this similar thing of having their, their, their kids, their offspring kind of performing with them in that way. So yeah, that's, that's a great analogy there. Yeah. I think it's, it's continuity, and 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 I also think that it's. I wonder if it's kind of like Phil coming from inside the band when he became the singer for Trick of the right. Tail. It's like, oh, Nick, becoming the drummer for Genesis. You know, he wasn't. He hasn't played with a band before, but he obviously, you know, has heard this music for a long time and is really, you know, he is his father's son and he is, you know, a powerful drummer. And I think it was in an interview that Tony gave where he's just like, it's like playing with a young Phil, you know, both in the sound and also when he looks up from his keyboards, looking over at Nick behind the drums, he can look like Phil at times, and, mm. you know, not, not a carbon copy, obviously, but you know, that's, that's something that Tony who is, you know, not the master of compliments gives, you know, really strong kudos to Nick as a drummer. So I think they're all like, you know, this can work and this can bring an energy to things. 
this is this is why it still feels kind of like a cohesive unit because even though yeah. Chester's not there, it's not like they brought in an outsider to play drums to fill in for Chester. It's just, you know, it was a natural fit that Phil's son grew into this drummer and started on the Not Dead Yet tour and now is making this leap into uh, the Genesis drum seat. It's yeah. it just feels very like a like a consistent flow and, and very smooth transition. Yeah, I think I do think it's also one reason why among many, I think why Phil is actually doing this is so that he can play with his son and he can have his son in this role in the band and everything. I think it's definitely, you know, there is, you know, not not in a negative way, but there's proud parent syndrome there where he's able to kind of, you know, look at Nick drumming and be like, hey, he's doing a great job there on this music that I helped create, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago at this point. And, you know, really kind of move that forward and give people a good time. You know, that's, I remember in 2007, Phil saying like, we're here to entertain you. And I think if nothing else, we will be entertained by the show coming up. And uh, Mike's daughter is doing tambourine, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Tony's <laughs> kids are going to be out there, you know, it should be a whole family affair and all, and all yeah. that. So now there's also the, there's the last domino of uh, two CD or three or four, four, LP, four, four LP. LP kind of best of collection coming out, which I think we can both say, again, this is me maybe being more spoiler free than I'm, than I say I am. I have not looked at the track listing of this best of at this point, because I'm assuming it probably follows the set list pretty closely. I, when it was first announced on, I saw the Facebook post or in my feed, I wasn't was sure, what is this? And then like I started seeing a track list. I'm like, well, stop, look away. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, to me, it, it was getting a little bit too close to what I, I thought. So I, I might have like seen the first track and then start, looked away. And it, it's interesting because I think the, the main spoilers for big cultural things tend to be albums that come out before the actual event or toys. Yes. Like mm. sometimes for Star Wars, they'll they'll release toys early and one figure is a key like spoiler. Right. Or I, I remember um Phantom Menace. I think the soundtrack came out weeks before the movie and one of the tracks is Qui-Gon's Noble End. That is a hundred percent correct. Yes. So <laughs> Great, thanks. Now I know Qui-Gon's, Qui-Gon's gonna die at some point. He's gonna oh, die. Great. So, another, sorry for spoiling for that people, <laughs> in case you didn't know how the Phantom Menace ended, but there you have it. Yeah, so I I decided I didn't look at that track list. Uh, Again, I I don't know if it's something that I would get considering I have all the tracks in some form or another. Yeah. But I just did finally get my... That collection is not for you and I who have a Genesis podcast. You know, it's not... (laughs) There's not going to be anything on there that we're like, oh, you know, I didn't hear this version of That's All before or something. So... You know, it's it's not for us. It's for the people who were just like more casual fans to either remember what the show was like or to see when they're in a store and be like, oh, yeah, I like Jet that song by Genesis. I'll pick this up because as much as we as hardcore fans think that this is a waste of time, those type of albums sell and they do kind of keep the catalog alive in some ways. And, And again, it's not for us. It's for. There's, there's plenty of stuff for us out there then hopefully more coming down the pike, but it's like, that's the role of this release is not to serve us. 
Right. And I'm sure it's inexpensive for them oh, yeah. to put together compared to what they'll make on it. Even if they make a little bit back, they're getting the word out there. They could sell it at the shows. Some people like likes the shows. They buy it at the on the way out. Yeah, exactly. So that's it's a piece of merch. It's it, it is a souvenir in some ways, because that's you know, that's in some ways what that the business part of music has turned into where it's like, you know, you want people to walk away with something, whether it's a tour book, a t-shirt, a CD or something like that. That's, that's kind of where, where this is at and everything. So, so just people should know that it's out there. If you want to kind of buy it and give it to a friend who doesn't know Genesis, very well, you know, that's <laughs> if, if you're going to complain about something like that, don't complain about it. Just, you know, it's something that it's a way to spread the band, the love of the band to new people and so if you're going to complain about something, you can join my complaint, <laughs> <laughs> which is what, what is your complaint? The- my, my complaint is, and this is just hearsay about the, uh, the potential set list and what they have to play. First of all, I, when, when you go back to the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, it was the band puts out an album, they tour to promote it. They'll do three to five songs off the new album, throw in some old stuff. Because that's what you did. I think Genesis are at their point where this is carte blanche. They don't have to promote anything. They can pretty much make up a set list, anything they want. And I've I saw some comments online saying, "Well, they should do that." And one person commented back, yeah, and again, course, this is right. he said, and then they heard that Phil had said, "Well, there's Phil had said that there's a certain amount of songs that they have to play because the people who hear them on the radio expect to hear them." And so that's where they, they they feel obligated to play a certain block of songs, which to me is Genesis haven't been on contemporary radio in 30 years. There's no one listening to them currently who is dying to hear That's All or Invisible Touch or I Can't Dance. They, The people who are the radio only people, the fans who were the Fairweather fan, fans in 87 and 92 during those tours, they're gone. They're they're not paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a seat now. The pe- the people that are paying these high prices will hear anything the band will play. Going back to Trespass from Genesis to Revelation, Nursery Crime, Trick of the Tail, anything they don't they're not going expecting. I only want to hear the songs I he- heard on the radio, and that's it. But I think somehow Phil and possibly Mike and Tony. I don't want to blame it all on Phil. Have this mentality where they're still stuck in that 91 92 phase and the fact that they're still using the logo from that year kind of cements it for me that like they're still we have to play this because this we're on the radio and they don't realize that 30 years have passed and they could do like yes now and play a complete album or or get go back through their entire catalog and pick stuff and no one would be offended like the only people leaving for the bathrooms are the people who just got a free ticket and or have something to do, but the diehards will hear anything. And that I wish that they would just take that point of view where we can play anything we want. Why don't we go back, play some deep, deep cuts. Uh, We don't have to play the same stuff we've played every tour for the last 30 years. I just wish they would do that. That's, that's one of my fears is that this is going to be 75, 80% the same as the 2007 tour with one or two, three new songs swapped in, but the rest, we're going to get the same, you know, I know what I like, take, throwing it all away with the D-Days, the ending with I Can't Dance and the walk. 
I get that they're Invisible Touch. It was a number one hit. They have to play that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a couple songs from Invisible Touch. But I would just I would like more variety for my dollar this time around than in 2007. I was just happy they were touring. Yeah, I would I paid like eight times or a ton of money like for that, so. good seats and <laughs> yeah sure. yeah so but I feel like I got my money's worth. I just I just hope I get I hope yeah. it's a little bit more different than last time and i think i'm not the only one i think other people are saying i don't want to repeat I it both 2007. agree with you 80 percent of it and and i wouldn't even say disagree 20 percent. i think i just my person the agreement is that i don't want this to be a carbon copy of 2007 i don't want there to be like and i've had this conversation with you maybe on the podcast maybe not you know but i'll say i'll say it again here on the podcast <laughs> where like i i don't need to hear both home by the sea and domino in the same set I don't need to hear throwing it all away and follow you, follow me in the same set. To me, those songs, especially follow you, follow me and turn and throwing it all away. They kind of serve the same purpose in a set to me. And I'm like, I'm, I love, I like Hmm. both songs and I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry in my beer if they play both of these songs, but it's like, to me, I'm like (laughs) to play throwing it all away, but don't play, don't play, um, uh, follow you, follow me, and play some other shorter three to five minute song that you haven't played in a while, type of thing. So you know, because again, they've been playing "Follow You, Follow Me" on almost every tour since it came out. They've played "Home by the Sea" on every tour since it's come out on Genesis in 1983. They've played "Domino" on every song tour that it's been that it they've done since 19 since 19 since Invisible Touch came out. And so my thing is like, for those two songs, I'm like, those are two long songs that are both great. I like both of those songs, but they're two big chunks of the set where I'm like, if you don't play one of them, you can replace that with another 10 minute long song or two five minute songs or whatever. And so. Right. That you haven't played that often. Right. Exactly. So, so to me, that's like, I do think that. I mean, a chunk of the set is going to be the same as 2007 because that's the, the nature of the songs they actually like. There is one thing that Tony says um, in the documentary, which is, again, not a spoiler, but he said basically we were a cult band for 10 years. And he's like, and that's about as long as you can be a cult band for before you start falling apart. He's like, if you're if you're going to have a long career and he boils, he's like, you got to have hits. And, you know, that's something that, you know, and that's coming from Tony Banks, not from Phil. And so that is the type of thing where I think they respect their hits and they do like that, that music. But I also agree. It's like in, in 2007, they played like, like five songs out of the eight songs on Invisible Touch. I'm like, I don't need to hear five songs from Invisible Touch. Three or four. Totally no. fine. I, I would... I don't need to hear the bit of tonight, tonight, tonight they play in 2007 and that they played in 1992 also because they don't play the best part of the song right after the instrumental bit. I'm like, I, but if, but for some people, even on this tour, it'll be their first time they're seeing the band. And so they might, there, there might be some people who are disappointed that, Oh, I didn't hear tonight, tonight, tonight or landed fusion or throwing it all away or whatever. But that's, I also kind of think, if it's not the last time they come around this, this, this bunch of touring that will be called the last domino, it's going to be the last time they come around. 
I mean, and that and that I, may stretch and that may stretch yeah. into 2023 or something like that, but it still is the last cycle of this touring. And so my part of me says in agreement with you Tom, if you're going to pull out stuff, it's not like you have to it's not like you have to worry about people saying, "Oh, they didn't play anything I liked. I'm not going to see them again." It's like play, you know, the instrumental bit of Supper's Ready, play that Apocalypse bit, play, you know, Return of the Giant Hodweed or something like that. Some some odd thing. Play the Lamia from from the Lamb, you know, even as part of if they did like an instrumental medley or something, that could be something that could be fun and interesting and and a little bit different. So, you know, are they gonna? I mean, again, we're recording this three days before the tour starts or five days before the tour starts. <laughs> They've already figured out what they're playing. And I do think that there will be there will be some different thing. There will definitely be some different things than there were in two thousand seven, just from what you see on the documentary. But it's like, yeah, will there be more different things? So we'll figure that. That'll be a different formula for everybody now at this point. But overall, I am looking forward to this. Yes, and I, I think uh, so. You're going well. I'll, I'm going. My first show will be. I think it's Friday the third of December in Philadelphia. Going with two right? friends in Philadelphia, and then two days later, seeing them at Madison Square Garden with my daughter. Right. Very excited. She's very excited. Yes. She has she has old Genesis concert T shirts to wear. That <laughs> you know, back in the day, they were large. Now they're a small. Course, yes. <laughs> so so I think yeah. you and I will be going to to one or both of the Madison Square Garden shows on December fifth and sixth. Yep. I may be going to the what I think used to be the Nassau Coliseum and is now the UBS arena or the new arena out. I don't even know if it's in the same location where Nassau Coliseum was, but it's on Long Island. No, I think it's in Belmont yeah. Park. And I, right now I have tickets to that as oh, well, right, but okay. so I might see Excellent. you there. <laughs> so, and, and my hope is that I may actually be going to the final show in Boston on the 16th, um, just because, again, it may be the final show. And so final show for good you know you never again there's nothing announced after this much like phil said at the hollywood bowl when you were there in 2007 tom you know it yes. is you know <laughs> the end of thing it could be the end of things and if and i have a friend up there who kind of wants to go see them so we may kind of bite the bullet and do that and everything so so we'll see you know i think that you know we will certainly you know put out on twitter and facebook what shows we're going to once things are a little bit closer and a little bit nailed down and at least for new york i think we can certainly say what what local tavern will be ha- hanging out in before going into the show and everything if people want to come by and say hi because i think that would be fun it is always the the times that either one of us have met people who've um you know, listen to the podcast. It's been fun. You guys are a good, you guys and ladies out there are a good group of people. <laughs> guys I use as a general term. I know that I really shouldn't, yes. but, and I apologize for that. But, you know, for all of you out there who are listeners, we would be happy to meet you and have a bit of a chat and kind of get to know some of you a little bit better. Uh, we will not be taking applications to join the podcast. Um, <laughs> but again, you never know. So we'll see um, if, if you're interesting. If you if you have interesting perspectives, that's something fun that we can look for. And I'm, and I'm sure that I think that actually Al Melchior, who was um, a guest on our uh, Tony Banks podcast for The Fugitive, he may be going to the New York shows also. So, you know, we might actually oh, meet, up with, meet, meet up with him in person and everything. Yeah. So since I haven't met him in person either. So 
so yeah, so we we are missing out on going to London. You know, we were all kind of disappointed when you know we kind of slowly decided. And I think I might have been the last holdout before I refunded my tickets and everything. Where I was like, I'm going to make it over there. I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. And <laughs> and yeah, travel restrictions have been kind of lifted, but it just seemed like it was still a little bit too dicey to try to really make it work and everything. So yeah, there were just too many uncertainties. And honestly, I was like, I'd rather spend the money to get up to Boston for something towards the end of things. As much as I miss my friends in London and kind of going over and seeing thing, people and, and, and the band there and everything, it would have been great. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, I hope you make it to the last show. And until the Birmingham show happens on the 20th, I went to the last Genesis show. Exactly. Yes. You know, <laughs> you, you have that, you have that honor for at least the next couple of days and everything. Yes. So, and then it goes away. Yeah. So, but, and you, but then you could say you saw the last U S Genesis show until November, December, and then, you know, until you November 15th, keep on then... <laughs> stretching it out for a little bit. So, um, so yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, let us know what shows you're going to connect with other fans, either on our Facebook page or on, um, a Twitter and things like that. You know, I think it, it's always cool when people meet each other and everything. So, so we have some plans for the rest of this, basically for the rest of this calendar year, Tom, do you want to kind of go through what we're, what our agenda is for the rest of this year? Sure. Yes. Obviously this, this is our September episode. Uh, October. We're very excited because our friend Adam Cromelo is releasing uh, the Genesis piano project album. The one that was recorded at Charterhouse along with his uh, late partner, Angelo. So we're going to be talking with him about it, playing some clips from the album, uh, and that will probably come around mid-October. Uh, November, we're going to be sitting down with, yay, Stacy, uh, to talk about her appearance on Real TV's Breaking the Band Genesis. Yes. <laughs> which hopefully you've seen. Yeah, it's been out there, if you, and you can find it out there, and Stacy does some, some nice little kind of soundbite commentary in there, so more power to her for that. And in December, after Genesis has reunited, the tabletop will be reuniting. Yay! As Stacy, Simon, Mike, and I, after we've all seen a concert on this tour, we'll get together and talk about our thoughts yeah. on what we saw, yep. what we enjoyed, what we uh, loved, what we didn't like, uh, yep. our feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Stacy and Simon are going to at least one of the Philadelphia shows, right? I think they're, they're going the night before I am. So they're going okay, on the okay. 2nd of December. And then I'll see them on the 3rd. You'll see them on the 5th or 6th. So sometime around the second week in December, we'll all have seen it and then we can get together and... Yeah, we'll do a recording of that uh, of yeah. that, and, you know, get some of our, our thoughts down and, you know, put it all out there for you all to kind of listen to. And hopefully a lot of you are able to get to these shows. And, you know, if, if not, if something isn't near you, either in, you know, if you live in Europe or South America or Australia and you're listening to this or Asia or Africa or anything like that, you know... I, I don't know what the plans are after this, you know, as, as Tony Smith does say, he always has plans in the works, but a lot of it depends probably upon how the band feels after this light of touring and how Phil feels physically after this light of touring. These guys are all 70, 71 at this stage. You know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing that they're still able to do this at all. And this is music that is demanding. It's not three chord rock, you know, so it's, it's something that it does take a lot, a certain amount of energy and concentration and kind of stamina to do. And 
the reality is, you know, as people get older, that's sometimes a little bit harder to muster the energy for that. But, you know, if it's going to be an end, let it be a glorious end has always been my approach with this. So, so yes. Amen. So, amen. So I think with that, uh, I'm Mike. I'm Tom. And thank you for listening. And we will be back next, next month. Uh, we actually should talk to Adam and make sure we can book him for this. Uh, <laughs> but we, I mean, we've actually talked with Adam, but it's, uh, hope he might even be listening to this and he can mark his calendar about when we'll do this. So he doesn't have a choice. He does not have a choice. We will get yeah. him and maybe that'd be great if we can do that one in person, but I totally I think get, we could, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe we can all get together in, here in New York or something and do stuff. So, so yes. Yeah, so anyway, I am Mike. And I'm Tom again. Yes, it's and we're still the same. <laughs> and this is Tabletop Genesis, and we will talk to you soon.
you for listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have the shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast, or send us questions we can address on future episodes. 